Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, two readings, turn to Genesis chapter 2, but we'll spend the majority of our time in Romans chapter 12, Genesis chapter 2. And then Romans chapter 12, we are in a series called Peace. Some might say peace. And this year, I have challenged you two things in 22. Two things in 22. Some might say a brand new you in 22. Now, I'm not giving you 20 things, but just two things to commit to. And I want to say thank you, first of all, for your commitment to be in church. Thank you for Turn to your neighbor and say, you made it. Listen, I know it's cold outside, but we warmed it up in the house today. Come on, hum at me. Mm -hmm. It's good to be together. I know those of you that are watching online, you made it. You're here. Thank you for your commitment to the house of God. There's something about being together with God's people. How many of you know that together we are better? So commitment number one, being in church. Commitment number two, being in God's word, God's word, God's word. We live in some crazy times. There's a lot of voices, a lot of noise, a lot of different influence. There's agendas. People are trying to control narratives and shape and influence. But we want to be rooted and grounded in the word of God. We've got, how many of you know that the will of God is found in the word of God? Some say, oh, I just need to get a word this year. I need to hear from God. Listen, God speaks just like he writes. And so being in God's word, we talked about the one-year Bible. I know many of you went to the cafe to get the one-year Bible, and we sold out. And, uh, but we are restocking. Can I have a good amen? You know, cool story that came out of the cafe, one of the guys, and he does this consistently. He gave his credit card to Mark Ammons. Mark oversees the cafe on Sundays. Gave his credit card to Mark, and he says, for the next 10 minutes, I want you to put every coffee purchase on this credit card. 10 minutes rolls by, and so they give him his card back, gave him the ticket. He looked at it said, that's not enough. For the next 10 minutes, took it to the other register, said for the next 10 minutes, every Bible that's purchased, every, every piece of apparel that's purchased, put it on this credit card. Isn't that awesome? Some of you are like, man, I need to get to the cafe. <laughs> Here's what you don't realize about the Missions Cafe, that 100% of the proceeds go to the mission field. Come on, somebody say, yay, God. This is helping our campuses in Honduras and, and Mozambique and Eswatini and Spain. This is helping missionaries all over the world. And so, man, when you commit to God's house and you commit to God's word, special things happen. Can I have a good amen? Peace. Come on, write that down. Peace. 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 We're in this series called Peace. We've talked about several things that try to hold your peace hostage. In fact, there are things that try to steal your peace. We talked about pace. Remember that two weeks ago? Sometimes your pace steals your peace. Last week, we talked about priorities. If your priorities are mismatched, if they're out of whack, you can forfeit your peace. Today, I want to talk to you about probably one of the greatest challenges to your peace, and that's people. Somebody like, well, pastor, I'm in the right place today. Come on, the title of the message is simply this, the problem with people. 
the problem with people. Turn to your neighbor and say, what is your problem? <laughs> You're fixing to find out. You see here, I want to give you this. Uh, quickly, as you're taking notes, we know that history makers are note takers. Write this down. We all need people. The truth is we need people in our lives. No man is an island. No man is great all by himself. Success is never singular. Can somebody help me this morning? We need people. As good as you are, you're never complete by yourself. In fact, we can trace this all the way back to the Garden of Eden during the time of Adam and Eve. God has placed a desire in each and every one of us for relationship. You know, the Bible says in Genesis 2:18, the Lord God said, it is not good. Somebody say, not good. It's not good for man to be alone, but I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, now here's the fascinating thing about this declaration. God recognized after all that he had created, when he created the, the earth, when he created, the, he separated the land from the sea and put the stars in the sky, he made the plants and the animals and, you know, night from day and all of these things. After every day, he said, it is good. It is good. It is good. Everything God did, he put his stamp of approval on it and said, isn't it good? The first thing he said that isn't good is for man to be alone. You see, God recognizes that we need relationships. Can I have a better amen? And that's part of the importance of being connected to church. Uh, the, the body of Christ, we challenge each other. We encourage each other. We love and support one another. We are better together. You know, when Rachel and I were college pastors, I, I saw this in a very vivid way. College students, we, we did a service called Late Night because it happened. Okay, so how many remember Late Night? Okay, got some graduates of Late Night. Come on, Gary and Amanda. Y'all met at Late Night, didn't you? I did your wedding. Yes, I did. Let me tell you the story of Gary and Amanda. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Look, when you do a college service late at night, you know that people show up single and ready to mingle. Man, they were scoping and hoping. Come on, Gary. Can I have a good amen, Gary? Yes, you were, man. Yes, you were. Man, I saw you during worship, man. You were just kind of scoping and hoping. And, ooh, hey, check her out. You know, late night, the college service, I could tell exactly where I was, even with my eyes closed. I could walk into the room and just... It smelled good. You know why? Because single people smell good. <laughs> and all the single people said, yeah, look, look when, when you go to church <laughs> expecting to meet somebody, you don't just show up. Come on, talk to me. You, you come prepared. There's a sense of expectation. You know what? It is God-given. You, you don't want to be alone. We need people. We need spouses. We need friends. We need co-workers. We need neighbors. We need family. The truth is we need people. There are four different kinds of people in the world. My mama said four kinds of people, those who add, those who subtract, those who multiply, and those who divide. She would say, surround yourself with those who add and multiply the goodness of God in your life, and be careful of those who subtract and divide. How many of you know the, 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 the wrong relationships can break you, 
but the right relationships can make you. First and foremost is this, we need people. The second thing you need to know is this, we're all broken. Okay, here's where the tension is created. We need people, but we got to realize that we're broken. I mean, remember whenever God made Eve and Adam woke up from his nap, and then Eve and Adam, he sees her and he's like, oh, wow, God, you did good. At last, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, she will be called woman. Whoa, man. But it didn't take long for all of that to change, right? Here comes the serpent, right? The ser well, did God really say, don't eat of that fruit? And Eve was deceived, and she says, look, Adam, check this out. It looks delicious. Now, Adam already knew what God had said about the fruit, but they both ate the fruit, and boom, everything changed. And God says, Adam, where are you? And Adam's like, uh, uh. That woman, Lord, can we talk here? Just, just me and you for a sec. It was just fine when we, it was just me and you. Man, look, sinless perfection, the garden, the animals. Remember how we walked and talked? Man, everything was great until she came along. It's amazing that Adam was quick to blame Eve when there was not a chance in the world that he could have ever married the wrong woman. She was it. Come on, somebody. And from that day to this day, can I tell you this? Nobody has all their stuff together. Nobody. Come on, somebody say nobody. Turn to your neighbor and say, that includes you. That's why we declare every Sunday, I'm not perfect. Because we have to recognize that we're broken. Uh, that we're messed up, that we fall short, that we've got issues, that we don't always handle things right. We don't always think right. We don't always talk right. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're not perfect. We're all broken. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, Pastor, what's your favorite thing about ministry? Oh, it was easy. People. I just love people. They're my favorite things about ministry. I just, I, I, I realized over the last two years with all the social distancing, man, I need people in my life. Then they said, what's the most frustrating thing about pastoring? I said, oh, that's easy. People. <laughs> They're messy. It's painful. They don't think right sometimes. They attack and they hurt us. Can I tell you, can I tell you your greatest joys and your deepest pains come from people. Are you with me today? So the problem is we know we need people, but we recognize we're all broken to some degree. Are you catching this? You say, Pastor, help me. Well, I'm glad you asked. The whole message is to help you find peace in the midst of all the broken pieces. Are you ready? Romans chapter 12 is going to teach us. I think this is a great outline for how to maintain peace in spite of people. Romans 12, verse 15. Scripture tells us this. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Somebody say harmony. In other words, live at peace with one another. Don't be proud, 
but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And finally, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Somebody say peace. Now, in these four verses, I want to give you four words, okay? I think this is a beautiful outline to help us maintain peace within the messiness of all the people, including ourselves. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, write down the word care, care, care. In fact, let's look at verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That's an important verse. We've got to care. Compassion is the ability to step into someone else's shoes. To care. You, your heart, the Lord is challenging us here, rejoicing and mourning. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. God is wanting to stretch our hearts. Our hearts have to enlarge. We've got to create space for the pain and the joys that people are walking through. Are you with me? I think this is so important. At HPC, we teach the Word of God not to just educate your mind, but to enlarge your heart. And I feel like that it's easy for our hearts to shrink when we see pain, when we walk through disappointment, and when we're tempted to be bitter. Uh, but the Lord is telling us, enlarge the space inside of you. Rejoice with those who are happy and mourn with those who are sad. In other words, a win for your brother is a win for you. And a loss for your brother is a loss for you. You, you celebrate with those whom God is blessing. I'm not jealous of God blessing somebody's life. I tell somebody, man, it blesses me to see God being good to you. I want to see you succeed. Your joy is my joy. Uh, but then also when people are walking through difficulties, Blake, I think about your family and, you know, the difficult season that you've just walked through. You know, Amy has been transitioned. She's been promoted to heaven. So in that we rejoice, but then we're touched with the sadness and the sorrow that you've carried. You know, sadness is the soul's way of saying, this mattered to me. Can I tell you, it's okay to experience sadness. You can't just walk in and pretend it doesn't exist. Happy, clappy, sing-song, sappy, pretend that everything's great. How many of you know when you truly care about somebody, their suffering touches you? Uh, people don't care how much you know until they first know how much you care. Are you catching this? Keep your heart big. Caring is a big deal. Don't get cynical or bitter in this cruel world. Keep your heart enlarged. Caring. I remember hearing a story about a, a Vietnam veteran. And this vet was talking about his experience in Vietnam with some of his comrades, and they were fighting the enemy, the Viet Cong. And he, he shared a story of how their assignment was to secure and to clear out this particular building. And it had different stories, different floors, different rooms. And so the group of them went in, and the plan was to take it room by room, floor by floor, start at the first floor, work their way up, and then they were going to rendezvous after that. They were going to meet up behind 
the building in the backyard. And so you can imagine, man, when they entered the building and all the tactical training that they had had, and, man, the gunfire, the adrenaline, man. The, I mean, so, so they went every hallway, every room, and they were successful in securing. They cleared out the enemy, secured the building, and then they met in the backyard on the other side. And as they're processing what had happened, I mean, you can imagine going through an experience like that. Adrenaline is high. Emotions are everywhere. All of their men were accounted for. And as they're processing, one guy looked down and he said, dude, you got a knife stuck in your leg. He didn't even know it, but there was a knife literally coming out of his leg. Sometimes you don't realize how wounded you are until the battle's over. Sometimes you don't realize the pain that's been inflicted until you have a chance to catch your breath. The church needs to be a place where we battle together, we bleed together, and we bond together. Can I have a better amen? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. That's the role of the church is to care. The world needs to know that somebody cares. There's got to be an element of compassion. If we want to bring transformation, we've got to walk in a spirit of compassion. Number one, care. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Number two, write down the word beware. Somebody say beware. Okay, here's the warning, okay? Look at verse 16. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Now, as your pastor, let me give you a warning. Pride will destroy every relationship. It destroys a marriage. It destroys a friendship. Be, there's a warning here. Beware of arrogance. Don't be conceited, the scripture says. You know, nobody likes a know-it-all. Remember what it felt like in grade school sitting next to the person who had all the answers? I mean, you're just like, I mean, they, 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 they knew everything. Well, if you were sitting by them, you were probably tempted to cheat off of them. Come on, somebody. Man. You know what? I heard it said that talent, talent comes from God. Be thankful. Fame comes from man. Be humble. Conceit comes from self. Be careful. Conceit comes from self. Uh, my dad would tell me this, treat the CEO the same way that you would treat the janitor. You got to treat people. Man, they're made in the image of God. Imago Dei is the Latin word. So people have value regardless of the color of their skin, the level of their education, their income. Come on, talk to me. Why would you treat the CEO different than the janitor? You know, that's why I like to conceal my identity in public. I like when people don't know who I am, because as soon as they find out who I am, the conversation changes. They just treat you different. Uh, Paul here says in the letter to Romans, hey, enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't think that you know everything. Treat the commoners with the same level of, of excellence as you would treat the elites. Can I tell you this? You have something to give in a relationship, but you also have something to learn. And you can learn from everybody. Let me tell you this. Everybody is an expert at something. Everybody is. The janitor is an expert that the CEO, the janitor's got some knowledge that the CEO's not even aware of. You can learn from those above you, and you can learn from those you are leading. 
everybody's in it. It, it takes massive humility to make relationships work. Somebody say humility. This is a big deal. Oh, this is so important to me. Because humility is willing to say, you know, I could be wrong about this. Arrogance will never allow you to admit that you're wrong about anything. And have you ever read Twitter or Facebook? <laughs> Nobody ever admits that they're wrong, do they? Always fighting each other, trying to put each other down and let me prove that you're wrong and let me show you this. It's like, whoa, 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 time out. I believe that more people would learn from their mistakes if they weren't so busy denying their mistakes. Oh, you're not hearing me. Oh, you're not hearing me. Humility is willing to admit, hey, I could be wrong. Here's my take, but it, my understanding may be incomplete. I love what Jean LaRue said. Check this out. Here's a great quote. Jean said this, if you're not the worst sinner you know, then you don't know yourself very well. <laughs> Somebody needs to write that down. Somebody needs to write that down. If you're not the worst sinner you know, then you don't know yourself very well at all. Jeremiah 17, 9, the Bible says, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, you probably don't even know your own heart. If you're not the worst sinner you know, get to know yourself a little better. You see, I found that we are good lawyers when it comes to our guilt, but we're even better judges when it comes to somebody else's guilt. Come on, smile at me today. Smile at me. Turn to your name and say, Pastor loves us. Humility, humility. Number one, somebody say care. Number two, somebody say beware. Number three, somebody say spare. Look at what it says in verse 17. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. You say, Mike, what do you mean spare? This is about being merciful. I'm trying to help you have peace in your relationships. It starts with compassion. you got to guard the arrogance, the temptation to be prideful in your own soul. But then number three, forgiveness is a big deal. Being merciful to people who mess up. Because people are messed up, and they will try to mess you up. Oh, forgiveness is a lovely idea. Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. You know, my mom used to sing this song, oh, and ah, when we were kids, I've got two sisters, one older, one younger, so I'm a middle child. Do we have any middle children in the house? Okay, so y'all get me. Y'all understand middle child syndrome, right? Yeah, yeah. So we would fight and fuss, and mom, would, when she would correct us, when we were, weren't getting along and just fighting with one another, she would sing this song over us, and oh, I just despised it. I, just, I did. She, and it was the scripture. It was Ephesians 4.32. It was a little song that was, that was taught to us in Sunday school. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as for Christ's sake has forgiven you. <laughs> Hated that song. <laughs> but it's true. How many know God's not going to command you to do something and then not give you the grace to do it? He wants you to be kind. He wants you to be merciful. He wants you to forgive. If you're going to be at peace in relationships, you're going to have to be good at forgiving. 
All you single people, raise your hand if you're single. I want to see single people. Got a word for you single. Singles. You know what marriage is? Marriage is the union of two good forgivers. Oh, because that spouse, you think that he's your hunk of hunk of burning love. But he's going to be a hunk of hunk of hot mess sometimes too. Come on, talk to me. Yes. And I knew I married Mrs. Wright, but I just didn't know her first name was always. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey. It's all right, baby. I got the pulpit right now. I got the microphone. Yeah, and when Rachel and I have a meltdown in our marriage, we both know how this works. We both know who's at fault. It's me. <laughs> the ability to forgive will keep you in the game. Some of you are keeping score, and because you're keeping... Listen, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrong. Forgiving, being merciful. Man, when you've been, uh, and pain has been inflicted on you, the challenge is, can you be merciful? I, I know your flesh wants to retaliate, but your spirit says, reconcile. Now, let me, let me be quick to say this. Okay, I want to talk to you about boundaries for just a minute, okay? Write that word down in here too. This is under mercy, but I, I, I want to bring some context to this as well. You can forgive people without accepting them back into your life. I felt like I needed to say that because sometimes we see forgiveness as a doormat to be taken advantage of again. Well, I got to forgive you. Well, don't enable them to continue to oppress you. You know, for forgiveness is not excusing, you know, what they did. It's not giving them permission and inviting that back into your life. You know, you can forgive without accepting them as part of your day-to-day -day routine. For forgiveness says, I forgive you, I release you, and I expect nothing from you, not even an apology. So, you know, you can say this, apology accepted, but access denied. Come on, say that. Say apology accepted. Say access denied. There is boundaries. Come on, somebody say boundaries. You can forgive somebody and release them and then not invite the craziness and chaos back into your life. Set some boundaries, okay? So part of having peace in relationships is setting good boundaries. Some of you have been unable to set boundaries because you don't want to offend people. You don't want to upset people. You feel like the bad guy. You say, well, pastor, you told me to be forgiving and to be kind, and I don't feel as very gracious, you know, if I cut people out of my life. Can I tell you this? The only, listen to me. This is good. This is good. Right, lean in now. Lean in. What I'm about to tell you could change your life. The only people that will be upset with you for setting boundaries are the ones who've been taking advantage of you for not having any boundaries in the first place. That's the only people you're going to offend. Only people you're going to upset are those who are already crossing the line. Come on, somebody. Boundaries are important. Now, now, now you can't pay somebody back for what they did, but you sure can protect yourself. You know, think about our parents. How do we protect our children? We set boundaries. I remember when we moved into our first house, we had a fence that was set up in the backyard. It was a fence. It set boundaries for their physical well-being. 
You know, that's why we had, when the kids were really small, we had like door locks on, uh, on drawers. You know, we don't want them to get into the knife drawer and, and then get it under the sink, and there's chemicals in there. So we put these little locks. Those are boundaries to protect. Same thing with a car seat. You'll put a car seat in your car and make sure that that five-point harness, the five-point harness. <laughs> And one time I put Alexa in a car seat, and I didn't have it strapped in right, and I made a left, and whoo, she was, she's back there like this. <laughs> Come on, how many know dad for the L right there? Why do we set boundaries for our kids? It's for their physical well-being. Listen, if we do that for our children to ensure their physical well-being, shouldn't we do that for ourselves, for our emotional well-being? Forgive, but then Protect. Now, I notice we can even take boundaries too far, though. Let, 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 me, let me bring us back to there's got to be some balance in boundaries. Because some people be like, oh, well, I just got triggered. I just got triggered. They, 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 they trigger me. When you said that, you triggered me. And sometimes, sometimes we're, we're triggered by truth. And you say, oh, pastor said I'm supposed to have boundaries. But now you can't even accept truth. Come on now. How many know truth does not discriminate? Man, truth, the Bible says truth has the ability to set you free. Now, before it sets you free, it may make you mad. Come on, somebody. Oh, I got have boundaries there. Sometimes I get emails from people. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But what I love about ministry people, what I get frustrated about ministry people, there's sometimes people that don't even come to this church. Oh, man, they're not committed to this house. They're not invested in this house. But they're going to tell me all the problems of the house. <laughs> Access denied. <laughs> love you. How many know sometimes there, there are some people that are easy to love, and there are some people that are easy to love from a distance? <laughs> Bye, you. <laughs> I'm putting you on the bayou. That's right. Bye. Listen, if I'm, not, if I'm not asking you for advice, I'm probably not going to receive your critique. You see what I'm saying? So, and, and I tell you this, I sure won't read a letter that's anonymous. Oh, yeah, people mail in an anonymous letter to the pastor. I say, nope, <laughs> access denied. Guess what? Your peace is worth protecting. Can I have a good amen? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.